Before long, Mozilla was to proclaim that even Americans who could not put money down should be lent the money for a home. And not long after that, Mozilla made it happen. Homes for free. But in truth, the era began well before Mozilla and his ilk. Its seeds took root in the aftermath of the 1970s, when banking and markets were liberalized. Prior to then, finance was a static business, that played merely a supporting role in the U.S. economy. America was an industrial state. Politicians, union leaders, and engineers were America's stars. Investment bankers were gray and dull. In the post-industrial era, what we may call the age of markets, diplomats no longer adjusted currency values. Wall Street traders did. Just so, global capital markets allocated credit, and hordes of profit-minded, if short-term-focused investors decided which corporations would be bought and sold. Finance became a growth industry, fixated on new and complex securities. Wall Street developed a heretofore unimagined prowess for securitizing assets, student loans, consumer debts, and above all, mortgages. Prosperity in this era was less evenly spread. Smokestack workers fell behind in the global competition, but financiers who mastered the intricacies of Wall Street soared on wings of gold. Finance now was anything but dull. Markets were dynamic and ever-changing. Average Americans clamored to keep pace. Increasingly, they resorted to borrowing. By happy accident, Wall Street had opened the spigot of credit people discovered an unsuspected source of liquidity, the ability to borrow on their homes. With global investors financing mortgages, ordinary families were suddenly awash in debt. The habit of saving, forged in the tentative prosperity that followed the war, gave way to rampant consumerism. By the late 2000s, the typical American household had become a net borrower, fueled by credit from less developed countries such as China, a curious inversion of the conventional rules. Paradoxically, the more license that was given to markets, the more that Wall Street called on bureaucrats for help. Market busts became a familiar feature of the age. Notwithstanding, it was the doctrine of the experts, on Wall Street and in Washington, that modern finance was a nearly pitch-perfect instrument. A preference for market solutions morphed into something close to blind faith in them. By the mid-2000s, when the spirit of the age attained its fullest, the very fact that markets had financed the leverage of banks, as well as the mortgage of individuals, was taken as proof that nothing could be wrong with that leverage, or nothing that government could or should try to restrict. Financiers had discovered the key to limiting risk, and central bankers, adherents to the cult of the market, had mastered the mysterious art of heading off depressions, and even the normal ups and downs of the economic cycle. Or so it was believed. Then Lehman's collapse opened a trapdoor on Wall Street, from which poured forth all the hidden demons and excesses, intellectual and otherwise, that had been accumulating during the boom. The street suffered the most calamitous week in its history, including a money market fund closure, a panic by hedge funds, and runs against the investment firms that still were standing. Thereafter, the street, and then the U.S. economy, were stunned by near-continuous panics and failures,
including runs on commercial banks, a freezing of credit, the leveling of the American workplace in the recession, and the sickening drop in the stock market. The first instinct was to blame Lehman, or the regulators who had failed to save it, for triggering the crisis. As the recession deepened, the thesis that one firm had caused the panic seemed increasingly tenuous. The trouble was not that so much followed Lehman, but that so much had preceded it. For more than a year, the excesses of the market age had been slowly deflating, in particular the bubble in home loans. Leverage had moved into reverse, and the process of deleveraging set off a fatal chain reaction. By the time Lehman filed for bankruptcy, the U.S. housing market, the singular driver of the U.S. economy, had collapsed. Indeed, by then, the slump was old news. Home prices had been falling for...